Okay, welcome to High Cheese with Darren Maloney. Today is Monday, May 23rd, 2022. And our friends at the World Economic Forum are meeting today. You remember our globalist friends? The ones that have been trying to destroy your life and my life for the past 30 years or more? The ones that have wreaked havoc on this country and the middle and working class in the United States. So they've met. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch to a clip of Klaus Schwab, the uh, leader of the globalist group. So let's go to this clip. And he's welcoming everybody. And then we'll come back and discuss. A very cordial welcome to the annual meeting 2022. The theme of our coming together is history at the turning point. And we have to reinforce our resilience against a new virus, possibly. Let's also be clear. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us. And just a refresher about these globalists. Now, remember, these globalists want the nation state to take a backseat to a small group of individuals and large corporations that will run your life. So the United States will not have a say in what goes on in the world. and You will not have a say in what goes on with your life until it is filtered through a small group of individuals, which is them, and large corporations. And again, they meet in Davos, Switzerland every year. And this is an organization that knows it is winding down, that knows it is on the decline. I think it was about a month ago then, I think it was the head of one of the uh, large Wall Street banks. I think it was BlackRock, who I'm no fan of, uh, Larry Fink. And he came out and said the, the Russian war, the Ukrainian war, was the end of globalism. And I think in the Financial Times today, there was another article that says uh, world business leaders fear the end of 30-year era of globalism. So they know their days are numbered, but they're going to keep trying. And one of the things they're going to keep trying on is uh, the fear porn, keeping us all fearful. They kept us fearful for the past two years with the pandemic. And you notice, it, I don't know if you picked this up in what he said about this new virus that's out there, the monkeypox. I'll get into that in a couple minutes. But this is clearly a group of people that realizes their days are numbered. But with that said, it makes them dangerous. And this is what I liken them to. I, I don't know if you've been following Twitter and uh, Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. And they've hit a snag because a significant, or at least uh, uh, Elon Musk believes a significant amount of Twitter followers are fake so the, this entire pump-up of Twitter been fake. They have feet of clay. And that's the same thing we're finding out with the World Economic Forum and the globalists. Ultimately, it's the people that control their countries and control their lives. And we will not cede power to them. Now, one of the first speakers at the forum was President Zelensky from Ukraine. 
So he addressed the forum, and what did he ask? More money. Shocking. Now, what he's proposing is Zelensky. He's proposing a Marshall-type of plan for Ukraine to, uh, to bail out Ukraine, to rebuild Ukrainian infrastructure to the cost of a half trillion dollars. And if they get their way, it's coming out of your pocket and my pocket. We've got a $30 trillion debt in this country. And Zelensky wants another half a trillion dollars to rebuild his country. Essentially in a war that he could have avoided. Now I hear behind the scenes, I hear that the US, I think it's Italy and Germany are pressing Zelensky to settle. Give up the land. Give up the land that Russia has won in this war, which is essentially the entire eastern part of Ukraine, as well as most of the southern part of Ukraine. And who knows what Zelensky's going to do? I know he came out recently, said he's not going to give up any land to Russia as a part of a settlement. Well, then his country is going to continue to get pounded. And we're not getting this straight so story from the Western press here. Because every day you look at the map, Russia's inching more and more, and they're getting more and more land. Just take a look at Mariupol. Russia took Mariupol. And if you read the Western reports of that battle, you would think that, that Ukraine was winning. Until one day, they, oh, they're out. They're all holed up in the steel plant. But they're still winning. But in reality, they're not. It's like the Twitter account. Fake followers. This entire narrative that's being put out there, whether it's Twitter, whether it's the World Economic Forum, whether it's this Ukrainian war, it's all fake. It's based on fake, a fake narrative. Now, with that said, these people, and I'm talking about the World Economic Forum, are extremely dangerous. And one of the things I just wanted to do is um, talk about what they possibly could do to keep their power going or create chaos. Because what this group will do what the globalists will do if they realize they can't win, which I think that they're finally realizing that they can't win this battle between the people and them. People will never tolerate giving up their autonomy to a small group of people and large corporations. Never. And they're dangerous at this point. And the two things what they do is they want to create another virus, create more fear porn, and I think they want to create chaos in Ukraine, continued chaos in Ukraine. Now, with that said, about 250 miles away in Geneva, Switzerland, the World Economic Forum is in Davos, Switzerland. And right now in Geneva, Switzerland, we have the World Health Organization meeting. And as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, that the WHO is considering adopting rules that will essentially take our sovereignty away as a country. We will hand over the ability of the United States to declare a health emergency to Tedros, the head of the WHO, who is essentially a tool of China. So they're contemplating that right now as we speak. So we've got the World Economic Forum in Davos and we've got the WHO in Geneva, both at the same time. And like I said, there's two things we can do. We can put political pressure on our local representatives in Washington to say, we're not going to pursue this. We're going to nip this in the bud, Mr. President. 
And if that fails, we have to elect a president, a Senate, and a House of Representatives that is going to pull us out of the WHO. We will just not tolerate any of that. We will not tolerate giving any of our God-given rights as an American to some organization in Geneva. And the thing I find interesting is that Tedros just can declare an emergency on an arbitrary basis. He really doesn't have to supply any information to anyone. He can just come out and say, hey, there's a health emergency in the United States. And you know what happens with health emergencies. Just take a look at the last two years that we've had with the, this pandemic. The havoc it's created on the American people. And the wrong-headed policies, and quite frankly, the illegal policies that were pursued by the federal government in Washington. So you think about that. You're going to have some Chinese-influenced bureaucrat from some international organization declaring health emergencies in the United States. We're not going to accept that. So we're going to find out. We're going to see what happens. I'll be able to have some more information for you uh, on my next episode. But, uh, you know, we shall see. Stay positive. We win. They know we're winning. We are on God's side. Okay, let's take a look at some of the economic fear porn that, that's been created. And uh, the first one I want to take a look at is the baby formula. Now, when you think about it, in my last episode I mentioned this, is that this was, uh, this was known by the Biden administration when one of the largest producers of baby formula shuts down. We've got baby formula going to Ukraine as part of aid. We've got all this baby formula that's needed at the southern border. And they couldn't figure out that there was going to be a shortage. They couldn't understand that. I still think it's incompetence on the Biden administration. But maybe somebody that was buried in, in the administration just wanted to create the chaos. Because you have to understand is that these people who want chaos want evil. And they're tucked away in the bureaucracies. They're tucked away in these organizations. And they'll let the stupidity of their co-workers reign if they think chaos can be created. So speaking of the baby formula, I guess we've got the, the military involved with bringing our formula over here. Now, who would ever think? This is, this is a role reversal. I am not used to this, and I'm sure you're not used to this. We're used to being the helpers of other countries. Under the Biden administration, we've got baby formula being emergency shipped via plane to the United States from Europe. That's a role reversal. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm not used to that. I'm used to us helping other people. I'm not used to other people bailing us out with baby formula or anything. But this is the Biden administration. It's a combination of incompetence and evil. Now, the other thing I want to take a look at is this grain shortage that everybody has known about, but suddenly it's going to be a huge problem for the world. Now, I think we'll be, we'll be okay in the United States. We'll just have to deal with much higher prices for grain. But Ukraine is one of the larger suppliers of grain to other countries. 
particularly in the Middle East and Africa, and they've known that for months now. And suddenly we're just hearing about the grain shortage, the grain shortage. And they don't seem to want to address. They want to talk about the problem. And this, this is typical of these bureaucracies. They want to talk about the problem, but they don't want to fix it. Now, we've just pumped a bunch of money into Ukraine, $40 billion. You would think that some of that money would go to trying to figure out how to get that grain in Ukraine out of the country and into the Middle East and Africa area. But no, they just want to sit around and talk about it and create a crisis. That's what they're looking at. And Zelensky's trying to take advantage of it because he's saying it's, oh, well, it's because the Russians are attacking Odessa. And the Odessa ports is where a lot of the grain leaves. Well, that may be true. But Zelensky, you knew about this. So why didn't you raise this earlier? Now, all Zelensky was looking at is he was just trying to get some leverage to say, oh, you see, you, you know, we need a military action from the West because we got to open up the grain supplies. There's more than one route, Zelensky. Find it. Take some of that $40 billion you have and find a route to get that grain to another country. But again, it's all about creating the crisis. And it's shameful. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is this monkeypox. You heard Klaus Schwab talk about this virus. Oh, this new virus could be out to get us. Now, the WHO just came out and said that, well, this is kind of like just right now limited to gay men or bisexual men or both. So again, if you're straight, you really don't have to worry about it. But if you're a gay man, you are. And again, I got nothing against gays. But here's the interesting thing. How are gay people now going to be treated in these urban areas, in these democratic strongholds? You remember what happened with the vaccine and the non-vaccinated? The non-vaccinated couldn't go into a restaurant without a card. Now, the reason they weren't, the rationale was, well, you know, the non-vaccinated, they're, they're the ones that spread the disease. So is now New York City going to prevent gay people, gay men from entering restaurants because they now spread the monkeypox? See how bizarre this whole thing is? And it gets really bizarre in these democratic areas. Because you know, they're not, they, you know, they're not going to do anything to gay men. And I'm not saying that they should. I'm just saying if you're going to apply fairness, you're going to treat gay men in New York City the same way you treated the unvaccinated in New York City. And I just find it really ironic. And, you know, I hope it's cured. I hope nothing becomes of it. Unfortunately, I think the people in Davos are rooting for this. So we shall see. You know what I just found out? The World Economic Forum has their own police force. And the only reason I found out is because the journalist Jack Posobiec was detained by the World Economic Forum police this morning. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, Posobiec is a, uh, a journalist. He's an editor of Human Events, and he was also doing work for Turning Point USA. So apparently he was surrounded by several police officers. He was frisked, asked them what he was doing here, asked for his papers, and then released. 
I two things. I just find it shocking that the World Economic Forum has their own police force and how they would crack down on the journalists. And the second thing I just wanted to point out is that what they did to Posobiec reminded me of what Trudeau did to the truckers. So just remember that about the World Economic Forum and the globalists. The individual does not have any power. If you let them do what they want to do, eventually they will gain power throughout the world. And what they did to Posobiec and what they did to the truckers in Canada is what to expect they will do to you if they ever gain power. And what I mean by power is uh, power throughout the world with them in charge. Okay, there's primaries in Texas, Alabama, and Georgia on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. But I want to focus on the Georgia gubernatorial primary in the Republican Party with uh, David Perdue versus Brian Kemp. And all I'm asking that the MAGA people that are listening to me that can vote in Georgia, please vote for uh, David Perdue. And this is about just showing the rhinos in Georgia the power of MAGA. Now, I'm looking at the polls. You know, some of the polls have David Perdue down quite a bit. But I, I just can't believe these polls. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to uh, jive with what I'm hearing about on the streets. So with that said, I, I just want to really implore the MAGA voter to come out in Georgia and vote for David Perdue. It is nothing more than just the fact that it's a show of force of MAGA in the state of Georgia. Now, Kemp is a rhino. Kemp has is, Kemp is rolled out Chris Christie. He has bought out uh, uh, Mike Pence on his behalf, and they're campaigning for him. This is the, the, these are anti-Trump people. These are anti-you and me Republicans. So just as a show of force, come out and vote. Now, I'm looking at the polls, and the polls have Purdue down. But all it takes is for Purdue to get into the runoff, and it's a different story. And quite frankly, I don't believe some of the polls that I've seen. I've seen one poll that showed Purdue down 30 points. I just don't believe that. There's something wrong with the polling. Because two days later, three days later, a poll came out and said that there was only a 14-point difference. Now, if these were legitimate polls... And I don't think that the 30-point uh, poll is a legitimate poll. That was a Fox poll. But if you're having back-to-back -back polls in the last week of an election and you go from 30 33% to 14%, you're dropping like an anchor. I would be concerned if I'm Brian Kemp. But the problem is these polls are just so off. And then you have you thrown to the fact that Georgia is an open primary state, which means that the Democrats can vote in the Republican primary. So you throw that into the mix, anything can happen. But I think it is really important that MAGA come out in the Georgia primary and vote for David Perdue. So again, vote for Perdue. He's the MAGA candidate. And this is nothing more than MAGA just showing their power in Georgia. So in my last episode, I pointed out that the Archbishop of San Francisco had notified Nancy Pelosi that she is no longer able to receive communion in the Catholic Church because of her position 
on abortion. And shockingly, this is really disturbing, the editorial board of the San Francisco Examiner wrote an editorial that essentially said that the archbishop should be removed. And this is from Fox News. It says, Cordelione, which is the archbishop, wrote to Pelosi on Friday, warning her that she cannot receive communion while vowing to codify Roe v. Wade. You are not to present yourself for Holy Communion, and should you do so, you are not to be admitted to Holy Communion, he wrote. In response, the liberal editorial board blasted the Catholic leader for punishing Pelosi instead of right-wing politicians who vote against health care funding for the poor. They defended Pelosi as a leader who has constantly fought on the morally right side of these issues and praised her as a role model for women. The editorial board argued that by by denying Pelosi Holy Communion, the archbishop wasn't being loyal to Christ. Cordelione's chief loyalty is not to Christ, but to the cabal of far-right American bishops led by Raymond Leo Burke, a Catholic prelate who has led a continued campaign to undermine Pope Francis's authority, they wrote, before demanding the Pope remove the radical conservative from San Francisco. We repeat the call for Pope Francis to remove Coeur d'Alene and replace him with a leader who can unify rather than divide. Coeur d'Alene's radical conservative politics might attract more people to the faith in places like Oklahoma or Texas, but his partisan pomposity will win no converts in San Francisco, the board explained. The nerve of this. Now, I've always said that they are coming for Christianity. The secular world cannot accept Christianity. If they can't morph it into something that's watered down and meets their needs, these secular, these atheists are going after your religion. They're going after Christianity. Again, the nerve of this editorial board to inject itself publicly into another religion particularly Christianity? Think about it. What happens if they started saying, well, this Muslim imam shouldn't be uh, the imam of this mosque? How do you think that would go over? How well do you think that would go over? You have no right to tell Catholics, the Catholic Church, how to run its religion. No editorial board has the right to do that. And of all places, San Francisco, probably the most unholy city in America, the exodus from San Francisco should be telling you how these liberal policies are screwing up that city. And again, this is again just the merger of the media with the Democratic Party. This is now their religion. Christianity is in competition with their religion. And they'll have none of it. But again, we have to fight back. Christians in this country have to fight back against the Democratic Party, against the media, against these left-wing NGOs, and these evil people that are funding all of them with their own private money. Okay, let's take a look at the financial markets. And the Dow finished up today, and we had a relief rally today. Uh, Dow Jones Industrials finished up 618 points, 
or 1.98%. The S&P finished up 72.39 or 1.86%, and NASDAQ finished up 180.66 or 1.59%. Uh, again, it looks like it was just a relief rally for the, te- the day. And I want to take a look at the economic calendar. And what we have coming up, and this is important to me this week, on Tuesday, we have new home sales. On Wednesday, we have durable good orders. And then on Thursday, we have pending home sales and the real GDP revision. And on Friday, I think Friday's a big day, we have the personal consumption index. We have real disposable income. And we have ed- the advanced trade and goods. And we have nominal consumer spending. So these are the things that I think will move the market. And I think from the home side, I think that it's important that we continue to watch what homes are doing and uh, what real estate is doing. So with that said, you have a good week and I will see you on Saturday.